0: Don't be afraid to experiment new things. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to change yourself are the two biggest things I will say. I really got more excited uh, to see how these guys were innovating on the technologies, how they were working on uh, the latest technology as well as trying to invent something new uh, uh, using the the latest concept that they had. One of the original soccer balls that was used in the FIFA World Cup, each wine uh, you can now see whether it's a genuine wine that you are drinking. Almost 30% of wine uh, in the world mm. is a counterfeit, right? Uh, one thing that I have learned is, uh, you know, you don't develop a business case because you suddenly came across a new technology, right? And least, you know, this is not just an Indian problem, you know, uh, and like... This tech- is a
1: worldwide problem. Yeah.
0: But I think growing up, that experience actually uh, helped me a lot, man, when
1: I look back. Welcome to Masters Decoded Season 4. What was your wake-up call? What got you to all of Honestly, how do you overcome self doubt So first and foremost, how do you do that emotional quotient? How do you bring that up? My next guest on today's podcast is Vimal Shukla. Vimal is an entrepreneur, investor, and a philanthropist. Vimal is currently the CEO of Smart Cosmos, an interesting company in IoT and many other areas. In addition, he is a member and a founder of a, a very interesting startup called Family Pro Health focused on elderly care. But there is more to it. If you are a fan of soccer, then you should not miss out this podcast specifically. Hi, Vimal. Welcome to Masters Decoded Season 4 podcast. Really glad to have you well, on the show you. Today. Thank you, Anis.
0: Thanks for this opportunity and uh, looking forward to having a good podcast today.
1: Thank you now when uh, you know i you and i got in touch with through a common friend uh, and really thankful to her uh, that Minu uh, i'll take her name here that she was able to make a connection between the two of us and, uh, and my team and i looked up your profile i said like you know amazing personality let's have a conversation uh, so vimal when i looked up a little bit uh, and i'm i've told you pre- before we started recording i'm going to be here like a child uh you've had multiple stints at different mm-hmm. spaces right you've worked in corporates you've also mm-hmm. done your own startups uh, and I want to take that analogy of you know one of the hindi movies uh, of salman Khan kick you know he always does something new because mm-hmm. he wants to have a kick he wants to get a kick in life so what are what gets you kick or what gets you that high uh, I would say professionally. Uh, so that, you know, and that has been making you move in different startups and different genres. Oh, very,
0: very good qu- question, uh, Anisha. And uh, you bring up a very important point that, yes, uh, in my career, I have moved around quite a bit. Uh, and if, if you look at it, mm-hmm. some of the 50-50 split where for the first 15 years of my career, I was in a big corporate environment doing consulting services kind of work. Uh, and then I moved over to startups, uh because I wanted to do something in the product space, right? Uh, Well, the reason uh, I moved between so many verticals initially was that it was a gradual shift for me, where, uh, you know, earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I mean, of course, I was a software developer earlier, but once I started looking at uh, closely what I really wanted to do, then telecom was a big thing in mid-90s. So much uh, was happening in telecom at that point of time. and I got an opportunity to really work uh, uh, from the ground up, and I literally mean ground up, meaning I actually went inside the telecom manhole uh, below the ground, uh, and I and I actually oh. saw how cables were getting spliced and connected, and how they were now getting connected all the way to the residential homes. And these are all the times when was, when wireless was not there; it was only wireline. So I you know I was in Denver at that time, and you know snowstorm, and I was inside a manhole trying to figure out how how the technology worked so being in telecom for quite some time, then of course telecom we had wireless uh, came along, so there were so much new things to learn uh, in in that space, so I got dragged into it then uh, while while still in, being in a corporate environment, I got a, a natural uh, shift towards high tech uh, at, at one point of time, mm-hmm. I was handling quite a few uh, the biggest uh, uh, IoT manufacturers today. I cannot give you the names, but the uh, b- biggest printer manufacturer in the world, uh, smartphone device manufacturer in the world. Some of those were my direct uh, uh, customers. I was handling them, and I uh, used to uh, work with them. And that's when I got the idea of how products are being uh, brought to the market, I mean, how they work on a new product. And how they bring uh, the product to the market, and I got hooked onto that so from telecom i when I went to high tech, I really got from services perspective to so to see from outside looking in how the product was being uh, conceived, designed, brought to the market right and that basically actually uh, gave me a, a a sense that you know this is where I really want to be, and that's when when I moved to my first startup again, it was in telecom space, so it actually helped my telecom with my telecom background. Okay. But moving forward, uh, the use case was similar you know so if you look at telecom you you still have uh, you have to get an order from the customer, you have to provision the order, fulfill the order, then you have the CRM systems, and then of course, you have to talk to the customer and ensure that the customer is happy with the product right so the concepts remain the same the when I went to retail after high tech, you know the same thing you know customer has to buy the product and then you want to make sure the customer uh, has a good experience with the product so you have systems designed around that and then i moved uh, uh, into uh, something which was more iot related because iot became a big thing last 10 years so while still in retail uh, retail uh, manufacturers as well as uh, the uh, department stores they wanted to ensure that they have a good Track and trace capabilities of the products that they have, uh, the inventory of the products they have, the supply chain uh, that they have. So they started digitizing the physical products, so I got into IoT space uh, through that, so that's a natural progression again, while being in retail. And then, just recently started dabbling, uh, not only with IoT, while I was still with IoT, I started dabbling with the healthcare, because healthcare is a a big, big area where IoT devices are being currently used. Variables as well as the devices yep. where you can monitor your health and other stuff. So uh, then I got into that as well. And then I started looking at the use cases on how we can improve that uh, product that are currently there in the marketplace. So yes, correct to say that, you know, uh, uh, I got into so many things, but I actually got lucky, you know, one thing just led to another after every two, three years. And
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you, how, weren't you it lucky was. to be there? And, and,
0: and... I definitely consider myself very, very lucky that in the last 20 years, the technology has changed so much, 2025 20, years. And I just happened to be yeah. at the right place where things just naturally moved. Uh, I was working in one area and I suddenly found that that particular thing can actually be utilized in other vertical. Yes, I did not know anything about that vertical. And, but yes, over time, I understood what the basic fundamentals are and the basic fundamental is uh, you have to take care of your customer, right? It always the Whatever vertical you work in, customer is the king. You know, if you don't, yeah. you know, uh, do anything for them, then you you cannot uh, get a new product in the market, or you, your product cannot sustain itself, right? Uh, the customers give you the feedback, Great. So for you uh, for you to enhance any particular product, you know, a lot of times the customer themselves give you the ideas how to enhance the product, right? And then you have to enhance them, so all these verticals customer is the king and as as you know you are closer to the customer you get new ideas to work on and definitely i was very lucky to uh, keep that common goal and then work towards see how uh, you know how each uh, product or each vertical treated the customer and how we can uh, make sure that they have good experiences with them
1: but it's also interesting now when i what i what you just said when i look back things start getting connected. And this has been so common with every person mm-hmm. I've bought on the show, right? That they never planned for where they were, where they are right now. Yeah. And I'm sure you never planned where you are right now, that you would be doing this. But when you look back, it all seems connected. Like the telecom, to the high tech, to retail, to RFID and IoT. And, you know, all these things are kind of connected, right? They are like you laid a seed and that tree started growing and the branches... Uh, started growing but the roots kind of went on into different directions but they all were kind of connected to that soul or to that tree right Right. which is you in this case now you know I I, and I just want to ask this question because you've been in the industry for so long you have that kind of an experience this is a challenge of today's youth Uh, and most of the engineers you you are an engineer from one of the premium institute in India Uh, they don't know where to start or they doubt themselves that or they don't want to do a job which they have got into. Like you said, you've entered a manhole. I know, I know many engineers and I know a lot of new folks who are graduating. If I tell them <laughs> enter a manhole or pick up a broom and broom, they will have serious concerns. You, I'm sure you've seen those young individuals yeah. around you as well. I don't know if you know, but I started my career in McDonald's. I have broomed, I have mopped, I have cleaned toilets, I have oh, made burgers. Wow. I've done everything under what, uh, what a oh, McDonald's wow. employee wow. does, as an example, right? Right. So, uh, all of us have, been, have our own share of stories, right? But if I look back, what I did exactly. helps me today, right? It's not that I cook, cook better burgers, mm-hmm. but the point is, it helps, right? Now, if you are sitting today, looking back, how things have been connected and how lucky you have been, and yep. luck has played a flavor uh, in your career, what advice will you give to the young Yeah, my,
0: my biggest advice would be, don't be afraid to experiment new things. I mean, uh, yes, it's pretty common for graduates when, uh, when you come out of college, not, do not know what you really want to do, right? It's pretty common. I've seen so many you know, mm. people, very few people I've met actually know what they really want to do, but most of them don't. And it's, it's okay to, to take some time, and try different things, and don't be afraid to, to try them out and then see what really excites you, what you actually think you would be passionate about working. And again, that may be the thing at that point of time. And again, and it will change later on because things do change in life. So don't be afraid for the change as well. So don't be afraid to experiment new things. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to change yourself are the two biggest things I will say uh, the, the, the youth today should should look at. And, uh, uh, you know, always good to experiment new things because that opens the way for uh, for for your mind to really look at uh, new, new things that you would want to Put your mind to as well as work towards and so those are the two uh, uh, things i would tell the youth today you know please try everything uh, that you think you uh, would like to do and don't be afraid and that's what it is
1: but how long will this ex- should this experimentation last should it be for lifeline like i know you started a company last year and you're experimenting with it right you started mm-hmm. because of a necessity mm-hmm. and we'll talk mm-hmm. more about it what that is but you are still experimenting. You are an experiment. Yeah, yeah. Right. The way I look at you today. So should experimentation continue for See, life? It
0: depends on how long you want to take it. Uh, it, it also depends on your. Uh, you know, everybody is different here, uh, Anis. right? So uh, their their own uh, idea about how long they want to be in is uh, is up to them. I typically, uh, when I look mm-hmm. into any particular startup, I, I, in my mind, I have a vision of two to three years at least. To first year, to at least ensure that I have the good product roadmap as well as what I really want to bring to the table, right? Uh, so sometime in between, in the first year, uh, the product uh, will start getting developed. Typically, it will take six to eight months to launch the minimum minimum viable product, right? And then once you have that, then you Start yep. testing it out with a, with a, some kind of target audience or a pilot or something, which will again uh, possibly run for anywhere from three to six months to maybe an year depending on the product, right? And then the next phase is to really go to the market and see what's the reaction of the market uh, to the product that we have brought in. So in my mind, uh, if all the uh, two or three uh, companies the last few months, I have always said that I need to be invested for at least two to three years. The initial business plan that we prepare is always there to uh, at least have the uh, funding for, for, for that much amount of time. And at the end of second year, we, we take a look at, uh, what's working, what's not working. And again, it's a iterative process, not everything that we start with initially pans out. You it's always changes always. So to answer your question, I would say, uh, and, and this happens for, for the, uh, for the people that you are starting their career to, as well, at least give yourselves two to three years, because first year you are just trying to learn, that particular technology or the product or the vertical. Then the next year you try to see whether it excites you. you talk, try to see where all you can go with with that particular thing. And then if you like it, you continue to stay. If you're not, then you try to see what else you can uh, do with, or you can do a combination of things as well. So that would be my my answer to yeah. your question. To do three years is is a reasonable time to look at doing for both the scenarios.
1: Very interesting. So. What prompted you to leave your corporate stint, and I call it a drug, what made you leave that drug, which is a salary every month, uh, and join a startup or continue to do your Yeah, own I mean, I
0: was in, uh, in a corporate world for more than 15 years, uh, and then uh, uh, it was more a consulting organization, uh, not more, it is a consulting organization, and uh, yes, although... I was working in telecom and high tech in the later phases but uh, ultimately i thought you know i, I told you when i w- went into high tech the product bug hit me and uh, when i started working with hmm. uh, some of the big product companies here i really got more excited uh, to see how these guys were innovating on the technologies how they were working on uh, the latest technology as well as trying to invent something new uh, using the uh, the latest concept that they had. And I thought this really, I want to do. I, I uh, Consulting is good. Yes, you are working from outside advising people in, which is good, but now I want to really go into the trenches and do it myself and see how this things pan out. So that's when, you know, uh, that's how I, I decided to move away from a comfortable salaried job to a startup environment, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to at least and again i also gave myself two to three years initially that you know okay if it does not work then of course i can always go back to the consulting world that that will always be there that cushion i always had because i had the 15 year plus years of experience uh but you know it, it just panned out you know the first company we sold it in five years just good good experience so you know and then once you have that comfort behind you of a successful, and, and I got lucky there as well, you know, the first startup company uh, was successful in, in selling itself to private equity. And uh, then, you know, then it basically gives nice. you the convo. I've done it once. Let me try a couple of things more. And then, uh, uh yeah, that's, that's what uh, happened with me. And I think, uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with how uh, I'm now working with products and trying to visualize what we can do here in this space.
1: Very nice. We will switching gears a little bit. You have a nice mm-hmm. bookshelf behind you. Thank you. Uh, which was your favorite? Oh,
0: book? there are a lot of them, but uh, the uh, the one I like the best is uh, uh, the the inventor, the great inventors, of uh, Walter Isaacson, and uh, it talks mm-hmm. about the uh, history of uh, inventions from eighteen hundred till to Microsoft, I think, uh, to Microsoft. I read it about two three years back. But it really wow. talks about how how uh, what we are seeing right now started uh, in 1800s with the uh, uh, the computing uh, yeah, yeah, history you know how you know people got into uh, building some big you know, a small computer used to be this room size right so all oh, the concept came along and yeah. then how you know things were progressing you know I, I got to learn why we call a software bug, which I had never knew that uh, the term came from. Actually, a bug <laughs> because bugs will they, they will run this program at the night, and morning they'll find the program has not run because there was a bug which came in the room that last night and spoiled the circuit, and they had to again rerun everything, and that's where the software definition of the bug came in. So just seeing.
1: Oh, I I didn't know that story. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was, uh, yeah that's how bug. you know why okay. it is
0: called a bug is because literally they there will be a bug that will come into the room and it will, will probably do something which will uh, uh, short circuit something in the, and the program will not run and then this guy have to reassemble everything so i mean it was it was a nice i, I would encourage that book for any en- engineer and may, may not be a computer engineer or electronics engineer but it shows how technology has evolved right from grassroots and uh, and the thing is, the the, con- the basic concept is still the same. You know, you may have no supercomputers and all, but if you look no. at it down at the chip level, it's yeah, the chip has improved and uh, and uh, electronic circuitry has improved. And now you are able to do things faster uh, at much uh, smaller space. Uh, but uh, the basic concept is the same. So I really lo- love that. That's one of my favorite and. Uh, I also have a couple of other interesting uh, books, but uh, that one is my favorite.
1: Hmm, nice, nice. Well, uh, there's something else mm-hmm. also on your bookshelf, uh, and I see ah. a soccer ball. Uh, I would love to call it a football, uh, but, uh, you know, football can be confusing for a lot of your <laughs> American friends. So yes. I'll call it a soccer ball. Uh, you know, and in India and Europe, we all call it football uh but not in america so what's so special about this yeah in
0: fact ball? let me just bring it up here and show it to you guys uh it is
1: sure.
0: one of the original soccer balls that was used in the fifa world cup can you see it oh uh, wow. in the fifa world cup yes. in 2018 so one of my previous uh, companies that uh, i was working for they actually uh, were one of the pioneers in digitizing the soccer ball. So what we did was uh, there is a, a chip that we have installed in the soccer ball, which provides real-time information through the scanners that are across the stadium. And then, uh, so that technology mm. was developed. Actually, it started being utilized in 2014, 2015. Uh, so you, we do see some of those in in the okay. Brazil world cup but in the 2018 world cup is when it really took off where uh, uh, it was not just data capture but also the analytics behind uh, uh, the data as well so now when you watch a soccer game or football game <laughs> you see real-time statistics how many times a player has touched the ball for how long he's keeping the position uh, how, to which player yeah. is he passing the most which direction is passing the most right on I mean, and all of that and plus also the uh, the referee uh, uh, able to
1: so we understand mm-hmm. the ball aspect but how do you map it to the player do the players yes. also have a chip in their shoes yes. so or how does that work this
0: company that we worked for so you have uh, uh, chips in in your soccer shoes you have chip in your uh, in your uh, jersey as well so each and every player player wow. uh, is 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 tracked in real time through those similar uh, uh, similar sensors so uh, every time a touch happens then it actually gets recorded uh, there as well so uh, so combination of this technology with uh, the the uh, video cameras that that are there has actually improved the game of soccer uh, pretty uh, pretty good i think uh, it become more enjoyable when i watched the statistics uh, especially the last world cup final i mean i was in india that time i really loved uh, the the love that and and i yeah, was telling uh, people who are watching with that you know the soccer ball that is being used is uh, something that uh, uh, we help to to get the data from of course the analytics is is, is being done by mm-hmm. other big uh, big companies uh, uh, around the globe but the actual digitization of the soccer ball was something that uh, my previous company actually worked with and uh, uh, that is again a very good use case about how IoT uh, can be utilized in, in many ways. So you see some other uh, artifacts there. So Smart Cosmos, one of the companies that I am uh, I am right now, CEO of. Uh, our concept is to make physical uh, things digital. So every kind of retail product or uh, any kind of product that you have, we actually oh. try to give it a unique digital identity, and uh, and that is a unique identity that you can use across the globe. To, to track and trace. So even let's say a garment now, I mean, I have some customers here where uh, they are now digitizing your 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 T-shirt. So, uh, you know, if you look at the logo here, there's a there, wow. there's a chip behind it. You can wash that, wash it for 8,000 okay. washes. It will not, uh, uh, it, it will still work. Yeah, it not go bad. And then you can now, since it digitized, you can start looking at it from where it started. So let's say it was, uh, manufactured in in Vietnam, so from Vietnam, whenever uh, we, when it was the manufacturing side to the uh, to the sh- courier or the shipping, plus your your warehouse to your uh, uh, retail outlet store and and the consumer. So my company, you know, Smart Cosmos actually has the track and trace for some of the sub- major suppliers. Uh, we are actually working with them and helping them in there in there. And but the biggest thing is we help uh, make physical things digital and uh, soccer ball is just one example. You see, also see a wine bottle there, same thing. Each wine, uh, you can now see whether it's a genuine wine that you are drinking. Almost 30% of wine uh, in the world mm. is counterfeit. And you can't, yeah, you can't uh, make a, you, you, you know, wine is such a, such a thing that, you know, mm-hmm. only wine connoisseurs can actually distinguish <laughs> the taste of it. So now, Yeah, if they've had it, if they had it, even spirits, even uh, lot lot of nice Scotch uh, bottles are counterfeit as well. So uh, I'm a big Scotch. uh, I like Scotch. So uh, I when I when I had some of sometimes I can see that it's not the genuine one. Now people are actually using manufacturers are using our technology for some of these use cases where you can digitize it at the at the point of manufacture trace it along the supply chain. Hmm. And if somebody is counterfeiting it, then you can uh, find it out. So the beauty of it is, you know, let's say the soccer ball, let's say, you know, somebody can come back and say this soccer ball is, uh, how do you say that this is a a genuine soccer ball, right? So all somebody will have to do is Hmm. uh, find this uh, Bluetooth that I have here, just use your cell phone to tap it. And uh, so you can see uh, the result will come shortly it says so now it shows me on my cell phone the exact soccer ball and now i can wow. see more details about the soccer ball on this so now i know that this is the genuine soccer ball and same same concept with other uh, products as well where you can uh, uh, tap it
1: yeah i see those wine bottles behind yeah. you and all of that mm-hmm. but i have a question on this see the soccer ball And its linkage with the shoes and the jerseys is a very interesting Mm -hmm. use case, right? But when you get into other products, like a wine, you know, and this idea just came up to me. Today, let's say uh, I have these uh, wines which are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mass-produced, right? And there are wines which are one-off. Now, this use case may not be good for one-off, but let's say if if it's mass-produced, uh, and I, I don't drink, so I will not be able to. And I don't want to take mm-hmm. a name which may mm-hmm. be wrong or incorrect. So I will leave it to that. But let's say today, you know, just this sparkling bottle of proud Sauce, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. can see it on my screen. Uh, if I have a RFID, not just an RFID, but from mm-hmm. an IoT perspective, if the bottle starts reducing the content because, you know, I'm drinking it, right? It can have two. Let's say in a liquor's case, it can tell me, i think you're drinking too much right if you if i'm drinking with others then okay i can send a message okay you know i'm having it with my friends but if i'm having it my alone it can have a good feedback mm-hmm. back to the user right now and i'll come to that uh, but are you seeing such use cases where reduction in con- uh, in the the quantity or the unit level also will be able to provide not only to the user, but also to the manufacturer or to the packaging person. That hey, this customer maybe may be, may be right. Yes. A
0: yeah, we are, are seeing, seeing uh, use similar use cases. Not exactly the same one that you talked about, but uh, I mean, since you brought up the bottle thing, let me show you another use case here. Uh, this is again one of our customers. Uh, this is the bottle that uh, uh, they, I know they have. Yeah, oh, you have I seen, I've this. seen okay, these bottles. So, in uh, for WWF, yes. they have this. They have their their cool claim to fame is the, their filter, where you can you are going on a trek, you can what? fill this bottle up, and then when you drink it with the filter, then uh, you are promised ninety nine point nine, you are assured ninety nine point eight, ten point eight percent good water, right? So here's what we did for them, right? So there is a chip here. So again, the same thing. You can you are on a, on it on, on going on a uh, on a trek. You can, uh, uh, you know, you have this bottle with you. You have filled it up, but uh, now you want to see uh, where is the nearest filling station. So now, first of all, you you tap you you tap the bottle. You get uh, the bottle's uh, web page, and now it will show you where wow. you can fill it up. Uh, the point where you can fill it up, whether water is good or not. You can other use cases in terms of how the filter is uh how long the filter is going to last like in this case it, i think it's a thousand uh ta- a thousand times you can use it of course it depends on the water quality as well so it now keeps a track of how many times the bottle has been filled up and if it is more than 500 then the manufacturer gets a thing that yeah this guy is due for another filter for for you and you can reach out to them so those kind of use cases we already have where you know they are doing it and the more than that, Anita, I think this particular thing the reason I like this is because it reduces the plastic bottle usage, right? So this is so much cool yep. thing you are doing.
1: Yeah, you can see I'm using, I'm also reusing these bottles, right? I know I bought it for the first time, but. I bring it home and I continue to use it. Yeah, I don't yeah. throw that. So them this
0: is, uh, you know, and every time you buy the bottle, the donation is go to www- www.f here in this case. So, so to answer your question, yeah. there are many use cases where once you are digitizing a product, you can now utilize that information to stay in touch with your uh, customer to see what other things that they can use it for you. You brought up a point of, uh, in this case, the filter as well. So the filter is important. So once he is crossing 500, uh, users then you can reach out to him why don't you reorder time to refill here the 10% coupon right I mean look at it here the first thing I got is 15, 15% off I don't know if you can see it but that's what it says wow. unlock 15% 15% yes, saving right it. so now if he wants to reorder that filter then he is getting 15% so those are the cool not only helps you in customer retention but also get the feedback from the customer like I mentioned earlier you know you uh, you get Uh, things that they would want to use it for and you can improve your app for for those kind of things.
1: So just building on to this further, Vimal, um, and this is more from nowadays there's a lot of discussions about ethical and the responsible analytics or AI or data aspect, right? Now, the example which I was giving about wine or this same use case about Filter, how much should you do and not cross that fine line of infringing into somebody's privacy or somebody's own well-being, as an example. So that's one question. And the second question linked to that is, where's the fun of being a human? Like you spoke mm-hmm. about soccer. Today you mm-hmm. enjoy statistics, right? Like Messi is passing the ball so much to his or uh, his players at this way, or you know, Cristiano Ronaldo is doing this. But that core fun of soccer, is now getting inundated with too much of data. So, that fun of not knowing whether the goal was there or not there <laughs> and there is healthy debate, there is discussions, you know, that never happens, right? Because now you've taken that away. Uh, because now there is data to prove. It happens in cricket as well, right? Those uh, radars tell you whether they nicked the bat right. or they didn't nick the bat, right? The ball nicked the bat or no. Now, there was fun when my dad used to watch test match. There would be so many times where the umpire would give a wrong decision and there would be so much healthy debate and discussions about it. But today there is none like that. So, that fine line of good and infringing, how much should you cross and not cross? Since you brought this topic about… Yeah, no, I
0: have a little different perspective here. I think using technology to take that thing out is not really taking the fun away. I mean, if if, if the fun goes away, then all this… Social media posts will not be exploding, Anis. Right? I <laughs> you see, people are still talking about uh, all the game. I mean, look at the Qatar World Cup, right? Uh, Twenty uh, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So people are still talking about the game. There are so many social media posts about the storylines uh, for, for the game as well. So now the yes you know you're not talking about things that uh, you know you believe actually happened so because there was no technology to prove it but now you actually have mm-hmm. uh good data to argue on some other aspects of the of the game right why did not Messi uh, uh come out uh, and then uh, you know some other substitution was being made uh they, why did the other player came come along much earlier in the process or uh, they fault the coach for some strategic decisions so there are other topics that are also very, very fun related. So I would say the decision now has moved from uh, uh, the, the argument has moved from uh, what it used to be to be more strategic argument or based on data. And that's where I would think the fun is that, mm-hmm. yes, everybody can have the same data. And then now you can devise your strategy or your, your think your, your strategy based on those and that has another uh, adds another element to the discussion and, and uh, i think that's where the fun is now moving forward i wouldn't initially call it the ethical thing because i think i mean the right data is always the ethical thing right data. now if you interpret the de- right data in a different way then it becomes non-ethical but i don't want to get into that question of ethical versus non-ethical because i'm not equipped to talk about what is sure. ethical and what is non-ethical because everybody has their own opinion about this
1: no, I, I completely agree, and you know you may have a point of view which others may not agree, and it happens yeah. with every topic yeah. today in the world, right? Which is it's not just uh, about the. Which is what I data. told you, right? And
0: the discussion will happen uh, on uh, earlier. It was discussion uh, topic was different. Now yeah. it is top topic is, is is different. It's the same data, but still people are <laughs> interpreting it in a different way. So. You know, and there are a lot of, interest, lot of interesting conversations, uh, you know, with, with the same data. I mean, it's amazing, you know, to, you know, if I'm looking at it from one viewpoint, like how is this person not seeing the data that I am seeing it? Because this is data, you know, He's right from his viewpoint. Yeah. So that's the fun of it. And interaction will happen.
1: So Vimal, let's w- switch gears a little bit and get onto a different conversation. Now, you've been through mm-hmm. different startups journeys and... Uh, You've joined few startups, you've seen them having an exit, and you've done, you know, these moving from one startup to another, ha- what are the key learnings, you know, when you think about 0 to 1, 1 to 10 or 10 to 50, right? If you can share in a snippet what has been your learnings around that, I think it would be good for people to learn from you. because you also started a yes. company last year and we, I want to talk about that because that's mm-hmm. a very interesting company. And that's, I believe, is in a journey of 0 to yes. 10 or 0 to 1 for now, right? But Smart Cosmos mm-hmm. is a little bit more mature as compared to the others. So what's been that learning from 0 to 1, 1 to 10? Yeah, very
0: good question, Anis. You know, uh, if, if something uh, uh, we're starting from scratch, right? I mean, it's, it's basically an idea or a business use case that you think there is a need in the market, right? Uh, one thing that I have learned is... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't develop a business use case because you suddenly came across a new technology, right? I would rather say that yes, you look at the business need in the market first, see whether you know people really need that kind of uh, product or an offering that you are trying to bring to the market, and then look at the technology that is going to support that. That I would say is uh, mm-hmm. in my in my experience has has worked out better because whenever I've seen and talked to people, yes, suddenly they have a new uh, technology thing that they that they thought that uh, is good yes from technology perspective it's a great thing but what is the usefulness for people whether they they think it's useful number one number two whether there's a need for it in the marketplace and then you know once you know you have that taken care of then of course your product will be successful is what i would say to answer your question so in in my experience you know focus on the end use case and focus on uh, the trial run is very important you know when you actually start getting feedback from the people who are using it uh, if you see if you have crossed that threshold and wherever in your journey it is it is it's number seven or or, or beyond that actually gives you a a pretty good uh, uh, pointer whether this is going to be successful or not going to be successful, and that is the point where you would dis- you should decide whether you want to continue or exit, because that's where the the key of the thing is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, like I said, you know, uh, I mean, this I learned from one of my previous uh, uh, s- senior leader that you know he said the same thing that you know don't go after technology, they, they, that will change, but look at the use case, and that's where I started. I, I've not started. I've, I've been using it for the last. Uh, Two companies that I was a part of, and it uh, so far has worked out.
1: Okay, uh, let's switch on to the use case, which is very near and dear to you. And you started that company yes. last year, uh, which is all about taking care of our yes. parents. Yes. Uh, do you want to share a little bit more about the company yes. which you have started? Yes. Out?
0: Yes. And customer. again, uh, this was uh, the company is called Family Pro Health, and. Uh, uh, this idea came to us uh, from uh, fr- from my own experience. Like My mom is alone uh, in India, and uh, she calls me yeah. and uh, tells me that she's not feeling well, but uh, that's it. And I'm supposed to figure out sitting here in the US, what's wrong with her? And while talking to her, it can either be a, f- a simple thing as a fever, because in India, you do have, uh, you know, occasionally some virus strain or something comes along and you have fever because of that or she has missed her medication you know sometimes yep. you know she will say that she has taken the medication but actually she forgot to take the medication because of which her blood pressure has gone up or gone down things like that right and my attempts to get her to a uh, medical practitioner you know she has 100 reasons for not going to a doctor today my made servant came late or did not come Okay, today. It was too hot today. It was raining and I just don't want to go. So, and again, I do have a support structure there. So I do have my cousins other who are there, but you can't call them every time uh, something uh, mom complains, Right. So, yep. so that's where, you know, the idea came up that, you know, why don't we uh, look at the provide, having a mechanism where people like us who are NRIs uh, in, in whichever country, we are in and if our parents are not staying with us and by the way it's not only analyze you can still you can be in mumbai but your parents are in let's say bananas or something same problem you're not staying with them and they have the same issue right so the idea was that how can we uh, get real-time health alerts about our parents so that we started looking at it uh, from what uh you know what we can do about it so that was a use case where is it possible where we can provide real-time information to the uh, people who are not staying with their parents and how can we do that? Then we started looking at the technology, right? So yes, there is, in, in, in healthcare, there are a yeah. lot of wearables, almost every day I hear about a new <laughs> wearable or something that comes or with tracks the health, right? So initially the thought was that, okay, yeah. we'll get the uh, wearable and see if they can use it. But then quickly we realized that in that age group, having, ha- having them, you know, Wear a patch, or uh, oh yeah, we, or even yeah, even something. a ring. I mean, for that reason, uh, they almost yeah, they almost think that if something is being forced upon them to be to be done. Even even Apple Watch, right? I've had you know, my friends send Apple Watch to or to the parents to say, you know, we can at least get some basic parameters, and just promptly returned saying that no, it's too expensive. <laughs> we can't uh, keep track of it, and I'm afraid I will lose it or it will fall down. So, they don't want. Uh, so, we quickly came to a realization that we have to keep it very, very simple and uh, almost as if that, you know, uh, something that they would be comfortable with. So, the simplest thing was okay, why don't we just give them some simple uh, health parameter device which they are comfortable with? So, a simple blood pressure monitor, they have been going to their doctor. And most of my uh, people I know, they actually have it at home as well, they've been using it. Uh, pulse oximeter and COVID pulse oximeter. Almost every household has a pulse oximeter now, thermometers yep. and, and things like that. So what we felt was, okay, let's just give them the same basic devices they are comfortable with. And whenever, uh, you know, either they can take the reading uh, when they are not feeling well, or they can take it on a regular uh, regular interval that, uh, you know, we doctor wants them to take. And the the solution should be such that they take the reading and the people that the, uh, i'm sitting here in the u.s i should get real-time uh, measurement of their health so uh, so if they are uh, uh, if my mom is not feeling well she, i'm having conversation i can just ask her to take a reading and i will see now i have real data to act on yesterday she has fever so i'll call her again in the evening and again yes she's still having fever then i will you know arrange for some kind of help to be provided to her uh, or if she has mutual medication because of for the, which the blood pressure is high or low then you know i'll make sure that she's taking it in front of me and, and do all of that and i all what i also figured out is it's not just between me and my mom this data should be shareable with uh her, my i have my i have my brother here in in dallas as well so we share uh, uh, with with, okay. with our uh, other family members as well we can we should be able to share it so we looked at the technology. There were a lot of things that were available. We talked to uh, partners of medical devices, and we put together a solution where, uh, through an app, uh, we uh, let's say I subscribe to the solution, mm-hmm. and I say that my mom, uh, staying in India, has, is I want to monitor. She, the company, dispatches the devices yep. to her. We get on a call with her once to show her how to use it. Uh, she downloads the app. It's all pre-configured. Um, she starts taking the reading whenever she has to take, and it's all recorded. I get the reading, you know, my family members get the reading, and if something is drastically wrong, then any one of us can, uh, can take action on it, right? So that's the core concept. We started with the uh, basic devices, and now we're expanding to other devices as well, where, you know, if a if parent is uh, comfortable uh, with uh, wearables and others, uh that's where uh, we would go with so we launched on independence day last year 15th of august of india to for us and wow. india and now uh, in november we launched in 20 plus countries and uh, got, got very good congratulations so, thank you we we got we got very good feedback from people and uh, you know we uh, we made a few changes to the model i mean our commercial model initially was not that good so we found a way to improve upon that, uh, and people actually have called me and said, "Vimal, thank you so much for doing this because you know once their parents started using it, they had no idea that their like in one case their, their parent the father was having high blood pressure, and uh, and it was pretty high. Wow. So he says, Vimal, if um, I was thinking when I'll go to India, I'll get him uh, checked, and it was still four or five months away and in four or five months, the high blood pressure would have continued. I would, uh, uh, you know, anything, could, anything could, have, could have happened. So thank you for doing this. So, And then same thing for my, uh, some parents have also called me and said it actually has helped them uh, in their communication with their kids as well, because now even they are happy that uh, uh, real-time data is being captured and shared with, uh, with everyone. So everybody seems uh, to think that, yeah, they are taking care of, uh, of them, or even though they are not staying with them. And Anis, you know, this is not just an Indian problem, you know. Uh, and like I it said, it's a not only, I yeah. I mean, I may uh, I may be from Brazil. I'm saying I come to US for work, and same, my parents are still in Brazil or or Africa or everywhere. So the concept yeah. was that okay, if we do it for uh, right for for just these countries that we have launched in, we can re- replicate this for other other company, other countries as well, other, other communities as well. So we started this.
1: No, I live in a community. I I can tell you, Vimal, I live in a community and I joke around with my mother, meaning we stay in a joint family, uh, that our entire colony is century bachelor, meaning I joke around. Yeah. You understand, they are all uh, elderly. uh, All their kids have moved out. Uh, Some are still in India, some are still in Mumbai, where I stay, but some are uh, completely out in different parts of the world, New Zealand, Australia, US, UK, right? And I have seen when they've had certain issues, you know, the first protocol, you know, because there are few of us, I still like to call myself young, few of us are still there living in this colony, about four or five of us, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we'll run first, right? But then we try to get in touch of their kin so that, you know, the decisions Mm -hmm. need to be Mm -hmm. taken by them, not by us, right? We do whatever it is required to do. And there have been multiple situations, unfortunate situations uh, where we had to get involved. But... No, I think the service is so required yeah. right now, worldwide, yeah. not just here. And and especially even in US, within US itself, right? Like a lot of family, uh, parents stay in these homes, yeah. right? Uh, and if the kid, now those homes have these technology enabled, right? But when you look at tier two and tier three countries, they don't right. have these kind of services and yeah. that kind of visibility for yeah. the to yeah, monitor yeah. and yeah no and again
0: and again one is collecting of data I and mean, so that's what we are doing right now but the, the one of the feedback we got is okay we got we know that my mom is not well but how can you help me take care of her so now we have started reaching out and developing an ecosystem of partners as well who are a uh, senior citizen uh, a care a kind of organization where you know depending on the need they can either send somebody at your home so if you need somebody to take your mom to a doctor or a doctor has to visit. So there are, there is this partner ecosystem we are developing right now. So if it's not just the data, but you can now act on the data with all the support organizations being available to you to use as well. So that's the next step as well. So it's, uh, I mean, we started with uh, just the data collection and informing the, uh, the kids about their parents' health. It's, that's where it started. Then it gradually moved into family care. So, uh, you know, family should know everything. And then now you know, nice. the next step is to get these partners and get make sure that you have the end-to-end support. If you need an ambulance, then, you know, through the same software, you should be able to call an ambulance or get medicines. So we are gradually getting into that space as well. So you will get everything um, uh, on, on one, one common platform uh, and, and for various geographies as well. So again, we started last year, launched uh, in August and expanding now and uh yeah we have uh, good feedback so continue for next two years to see how this can scale up and now we are actually getting people from india as well so initially we thought it will only be NRIs who might be interested but now we are seeing like i said people staying in bangalore and parents not staying with them they have the same issue because even for them to get to their parents it's at least five six hours minimum uh, to to get if not we, more yeah and but now, they want to have instantaneous uh, real time alerts and they can act on it. So, that's what we uh, are looking at doing. So, let's see how, you know, it's still, this was, this was an idea that came up. And then, uh, you know, again, the same point idea to the technology to now uh, expanding it. And uh, while pilot was very successful.
1: Yeah, but when I look at Smart Cosmos and when I look at Family Pro Health, two completely mm-hmm. different domains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. How are you able to juggle your mind, your energy, and your—you uh, know—I would say physical capacity—to manage two startups which are in very two different. Yeah, industries. and I
0: would not say smart call with the startup anymore. <laughs> it is—it's because it's been there, so it's—it's—it's yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's there it's uh, for some yeah. time, and uh, it's uh, yes, we have we are improving the product every, almost every in every release. You know, see if you look at the basic concept of both organizations, you know. It's all around IoT devices, right? So our expertise mm-hmm. in Smart Cosmos, where we are able to now integrate to so many uh, IoT devices across the globe, uh, which is what Smart Cosmos does—it brings everything together. That expertise actually came in very handy when we were looking at integrating these Bluetooth devices uh, for health uh, uh, tracking of health parameter as well. And my team is now so conversant oh. with that, you know. They have told me that you know, give me a device, you know, I can bring it to the market in two weeks. So you know, with proper uh, information being available, that's where the confidence level of the team is. And gradually, I would like to make this a very uh, common uh, tool. Where you know, I mean, if, if you look at the, uh, I, I think you are wearing a, a ring uh, which measures your uh, uh, your heart rate and all, right? Yeah. Now I don't know which company it is from, but yeah. uh, you know, they will have an app and.
1: It's ultra human in okay. India. It's called. So they ultra-human. they must be having an
0: app which you will uh, capture your data. So that's one. Now, if you have a CGM or, or blood pressure monitoring to something else, then you have a different app for it. And the third one. Now, the issue that becomes is yep. now, if you want to go to a doctor, you don't want to send him to three apps and three different mm-hmm. parameters. You want one consolidated report that goes to the to your doctor. That okay, this is your has been your reading for last 30 days and last four or five days the summarization of that appears right so there has to be a common platform that can correlate all that information together in one in one place and then send it to whoever you want uh, and, and one thing i forgot to mention in family pro health is uh, reporting where uh, if if i if when i see uh, or if my my mom's doctor needs to see the see the see her report it's, you can just WhatsApp uh, to him or her. Uh, in, in one, as one wow. common report, every uh, everything can go, and it actually helps in telemedicine and all of that. Right. So same thing here. You know, as our vision is, bring your own device, bring your own thing. So and and we will make sure that if everything is one common place instead of you dabbling with five different uh, IoT apps, you have one common app to to deal with. And ultimately, that's where the world will be. I'm pretty sure Google and us maybe. Or thinking on on those lines as well. I mean, I, I see.
1: No, health is becoming s- such a big space. Like today, Apple is integrating all my app health update. App I also wear Garmin. I don't wear Apple Watch anymore. I wear Garmin because mm-hmm. I believe the data is good. But Apple has been integrating that yeah. data very seamlessly. Uh, also, so it's not just confined. Right, right. to... So they're they're all system. they're all
0: getting into into that, but. Uh, for, for us to uh, also do something similar and then make sure that we can uh, have people bring their own devices is something that uh, I think we can, you know we have the expertise from Smart Cosmos and that's what I we use utilize for Family Pro Health. So to answer your question, it was not anything different. Just the use case was different, but the basic technology behind it it was the same. And that's where you know I was able to juggle again from one place to uh, from one thing to the other because of that uh, knowledge base that was there uh, with the team.
1: You can quickly migrate from being a health to a complete security <laughs> also, right? If if the users are having smart homes like cameras yeah. and all of that, right? It's not just about the parent, but exactly. you can also help them monitor what's, what's happening, right? If they are in a kitchen or if they are in a living room, uh, if, who's coming at the door? Who's not? Right. All of those things can exactly. be exactly, and that's what device. I have at my
0: home. I mean, <laughs> yesterday I was talking to my team and I was showing them my router information. I and I had not realized this. At my home now, I have one fifty plus IoT devices connecting to my to my router. And same thing, you know, the thermostat, wow. the security, the uh, water uh, usage. In uh, fact, yesterday I ordered a, a device which uh, also uh, alerts me if there's a water leakage at my home. So it, be, that should be coming in where oh, wow. uh, the, all the locks, you know, uh, all maintenance locks are all uh, IoT devices as well. So yes, you know, we have uh, all of that coming onto play and everything becoming part of one connected ecosystem is the way to go uh, for all of these things, like you said. So whether Family Pro Health does it in future, we'll have to see. But ultimately, that's where uh, the future of uh, uh, iot things are and they have to be all all all, all of these use cases can can can, can come together and then it goes into the other uh, area of uh, ai ml Right? how can you use this data to you know predict uh, especially on the healthcare side i'm very fascinated that uh of the different use cases from ai uh, that are coming into play it's not just the data anymore that you're collecting i'm right now focused on data right but uh, how to use yep. that data actually becomes so important. This, today, if, if I may digress a little bit, uh, there was an article in Washington Post today about how uh, AI uh, model that uh, a company has developed is actually helping to predict uh, uh, rheumatic uh, heart condition, and this is pretty prevalent in uh, in Africa wow. and Uganda and other places where, you know, we have simple thing called strep throat, right? You know, we have uh, when we are growing up, you know, we mm-hmm. had uh, multiple times I had I also had it. Uh, we used to call tonsils or whatever, right? So even a simple yeah. uh, fever that, uh, if it happens regularly over a period of time, can lead to rheumatic uh, heart condition. Now, if you have been collecting the data for, 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 uh, you know, for, for people, and uh, if you the AI has that condition, then it can predict that yes. You know you have had it so many times and now you should like get your heart checked number one and number two it also predicts that you know the medication you know don't have to really go in for surgery you can actually you know almost uh, uh, proactively you know solve the problem that you are, have it in in african and in some other countries where almost i'm told uh, five to ten percent of the kids actually have this condition and all they need is to start collecting the data wow. using some of these IoT devices, and then somebody to collate that. And AI is a big, big play into that. Yes. Something similar, image images, right? I mean, AI is able to look at the ultrasound images and do the prediction, right? It's huge, it's so huge. Uh, you know, I'm fascinated yeah. by what the possibilities with that.
1: You know, just. You know, it's been a fascinating, an hour, almost an hour-long conversation, Vimal. But I have one last question for you, uh, or a thought. Mm-hmm. I want to ping your mind for that. You know, I often think that where we are today is because what we've been through our childhood. Do you see some parallels sure. which, you know, you're switching, you're moving on uh, things. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any parallel from your childhood which you can link it back?
0: <laughs> uh wow okay now you really have asked me the tough one but yes i think uh see when i, I was growing in india right and uh my father was a banker and mm-hmm. uh, uh till my high school uh i actually changed uh nine schools wow uh so almost like almost every year was a new school and uh, i almost we used to complain to my parents that please let's at least you know <laughs> allow me to uh, stay for at least two to three years if not more but yeah he was getting transfers and you know even within transfers first i will when i go to a city i will be in a smaller school and then i'll go to the bigger school and all of that so that's why i had so many schools but i think growing up that experience actually uh, helped me a lot man when i look back is i'm i have become uh, uh, pretty good in adapting myself to the changes.
1: Hmm.
0: And uh, because I went through that in my childhood, you know, uh, I can relate to people. I, I can sit down somewhere and talk to somebody as if I know him for from ages. And my wife complains uh, to me a lot of times when I'm in a, in a flight with her, I end up talking to my next passenger more than with her. So, <laughs> And she says you're talking to him as if you know him from ages. I said, no, 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 it's not. It just comes it's natural. Yeah. So. So it, it, two things here, changes, uh, I can adapt very well uh, when I became a very people person because every school I went to, uh, when I changed, I had to really uh, adapt myself to the new environment and a new mindset of the uh, of the kids around me and to see how can I gel with them, right? So then it was not, I mean, I can't change them, but I would change myself. So yeah. that process that I underwent uh, when I was growing up actually uh, uh, is actually helping me now. I think uh, is over the years uh, uh, to me change become a very uh, without even realizing I change sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's almost uh, got into my DNA now. Hmm. So earlier I used to complain to my parents about why you know it was you know, why did it move so much, but not anymore. I think I realized that it's, fate had. Uh, you know, it was a good thing then that I did all of that and then, you know, I've become a person that I am right now. So wow. um, I can do all of this because of that background. So thank, thanks for asking that question. I mean, you really stumped me, but this, I think, is what it is.
1: Now, will on that note, thank you for taking your precious time out. It's been an absolute honor and privilege to have a conversation with you. And I would like to wish you all the best with your new startup, which is Family Pro Health. I'm sure you are doing a lot of good by enabling a lot of children and the parents both uh, to, you know, be connected uh, and more importantly, uh, be aware of what's going on in each other's lives. So um, thank you for doing that on behalf of everyone. No, thank,
0: no, thank, thank you, uh, Anish, for having me today on, on this podcast and uh, a wonderful conversation I had. I'm feeling so relieved talking to you. I don't know, uh, you know, a lot of things that I talked about Uh, I'm feeling so good about uh, talking to you today. So thank you again and look forward to, you know, be in touch with you and do much more.
1: Definitely.